0: Today's show is brought to you in partnership with ClearMotive Marketing. I co-founded this high-impact creative agency over 15 years ago to help clients just like you. Marketing leaders that have small teams and large organizations that are often under-resourced and accountable to a multitude of stakeholders. You're executing campaigns every day, all day, and held accountable for everything from immediate delivery to real-time results. It's nearly impossible to do it all well. ClearMotive exists to help you deliver high-quality, high-quantity creative on time, on budget, day after day. You expect great ideas and incredible creative from a national agency. What you may not expect is simplified workflow, modern technology to speed up projects, and activities that achieve higher returns. If you're not getting the consistent results you need, I can help. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or check out clearmotive.ca. Hello and a Warm Collisions YYC. Welcome to Miss Tracy Bondarchuk. How are you doing, Tracy? I'm great. Good morning, Tyler. Good morning to you. So good to have you on. Um... I'm. Uh, we were. We happened to cross paths, luckily, at a conference recently, and you were sharing not only some of the excitement around your new role, which we're going to talk about, which I'm really excited for you on that behalf, but on some really interesting statistics. I love some good numbers around the perception of the energy and the oil and gas sector across Canada. And I won't even pretend to describe it because you're going to do it way better than I do. But let's start off with the, at the top of the hour here. You are CEO at Canada Powered by Women. What is Canada Powered by Women? To let us into the elevator, what's that? about. And let's go from there.
1: Sounds good, Tyler. Well, Canada Powered by Women is an organization that uh, has been around since 2019. And I was, uh, along with a whole other group of women, one of the founders of Canada Powered by Women. And our whole reason for being was to bring together women that wanted to have conversations about the economy and energy. Now, that might be, you know, a point where you say, "Oh, really? Women want to talk about that?" And the answer is, yes, <laughs> they do. And the context—I know the time- a lot of
0: women that do, so I might not have said that. I don't know <laughs> if I have that bias or not, because I live in this town and I'm surrounded by by women that work in that space.
1: <laughs> well, and you know, what was interesting about that time was I was actually living in Toronto. I wasn't even living here, and I was watching from afar conversations uh, in the media and other in other places around energy and oil and gas and from an from an Eastern perspective which was really polarized um, mm-hmm. kind of weird narratives and definitely a lack of understanding of the energy sector and how it fits into our economy and all that good stuff and so a colleague of mine Blair Lancaster had said hey could you come out to Calgary and meet with this group of women and just share a bit about the perspective of Ontario when it comes to this dialogue. And I was like, sure. And I had been doing a little bit of work here. Um, I was uh, running my consultancy and I was working with Canada Action. And so we had done some research and with um, Canada Action's permission, I came and met with the group here. And by the way, it started with a group of 40 women here in a boardroom, um, And at the time, uh, Céline Gerson, who was the CEO of Schlumberger, she was working here and uh, she's from, uh, I think, France, and she was so impressed with the way the Canadian energy sector operates and runs that she was like, we need to get together and affect this narrative and just share some of the good things Mm -hmm. that are happening. So uh, I've been on the board for four years and recently just was helping out a bit with some strategy work. And, um, you know, when you sort of start doing stuff and then suddenly it's like, Hey, could you take on this role? I was like, sure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm the CEO of Canada powered by women. And, uh, we're really advocating for the voice of women during energy transformation.
0: Voice of women during energy transformation. And to be really clear, this isn't Western Canadian or Alberta based. This is national.
1: This is totally a national conversation. So we, um, and, and Tyler, and for your listeners, you and I have worked together for many years now. We're both marketers and business development people. And one of the first things we do when we do a big project or a big initiative is we make sure there's actually a market. And so we did a bunch of research at Canada Powered by Women with Leger to go out and make sure there was actually an audience across the country. So in every single province, that there was a group of women that want to have these conversations. And we came up with and defined a target audience of real women. We call them engaged women. And uh, that is not a marital status name. It's really about how women consume information, uh, that they take in the news, they're interested in politics, uh, and that they want to be part of this conversation about the economy And prosperity, and they get and connect the dots between the idea that if you have a thriving energy sector, that you have a thriving economy. And there's 4.4 million women in this group of engaged women. It's about 25% of women in the country. And we also have another segment of women, uh, which we call tuned in women. And the tuned in women is about another 7 million. And I think what's really awesome is that. This is defined by behavior, not defined by education or socioeconomics, income, et cetera. It's about information and being informed. And I think it's amazing that this sort of 11 million women are really aware of what's going on, they get it, and they want to be part of the conversation.
0: That's a significant number, and I appreciate. Thank you for defining it in the way in the way that you in the way that you did. Because you're right, research, and if you're not familiar, there's so many ways to skin that cat or approach mm-hmm. that 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 can sometimes drive the results that you're looking for. What's the difference primarily between an, an, an engaged woman and a tuned in woman?
1: So the, the only difference is that. And, and by the way, Canada Power by Women is nonpartisan, and our research includes women who identify themselves as somewhat left through to the right. And so we have all political spectrums of women, um, in our research. And the only difference is that, um, engaged women have stated explicitly, they want to have a say in policy Mm. and they specifically want to have a say in energy policy. Whereas women who are tuned in, they're not as explicit about wanting to influence policy. They all follow politics. They, they're aware, Um, but yeah, that's the that's so that's no kind of the
0: differentiator when you talk about acti- it's based on activity, not necessarily socioeconomic or demographic, or not or, or yeah. necessarily uh, anything beyond what they do. That's the differentiator. They maybe are a little more vocal and want to be. That's still a pretty big number to to, to tie to that.
1: Yeah, it is. You know,
0: it, for most of us, we consume from a voyeuristic perspective. Mm-hmm. We just look, we see, we maybe share with our uh, our intimate circle, but we're not necessarily putting up our hand to get involved. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and you know what's really interesting is. So engaged women specifically, I've mentioned it's about behavior and and consumption of information, and um, so you know, Tyler, how we all have a friend, male or female, who they put everything on social media. Like you know what they think, you know what they ate, you know where they're (laughs) going. Like they're so out there, right? Well, engaged women are absolutely not that. Um, Okay. And I'll just say for myself, like I feel that I'm an engaged woman because I take in a lot of information, but you know, I they don't. They don't comment, they don't like, they don't get into keyboard discussions. Uh, they're very private with their opinions. And it's because they're very concerned about cancel culture. So we did focus groups as well across, for across the country. And, you know, I've listened to stories of women talking about how, you know, if you make your comments and your opinions known that you get into the fray and you could be labeled in a certain way. Um, People can attack you online and engage women are like, I want to have safe spaces where I can have conversations about these things that matter. And I remember a woman talking about, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner where she may have expressed an opinion about something related to politics or the economy or whatever it was. And then her whole family had a big blowout at Thanksgiving. And she's like, I'm never bringing up my opinion at a family table again. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I I get that. So they want safe spaces to have conversations, to express their opinions. And that's part of what we are is we we have that permission. In our survey, 77% of engaged women said that they were willing to allow Canada Powered by Women to provide them with support and anonymity. And they were interested in participating in conversations and research with us so we could represent their opinion
0: a oh, great way to build a, a fantastic a community for you to be able to tap into. So to, we'll get into this, into some of the survey results, but we'll start right off the bat. what What surprised you?
1: You know what really surprised me is that the survey that we just released in November was that we all know there's a very substantial affordability crisis right now, and women are willing to make trade-offs on climate to sustain their cost of their standard of living. Because the cost of living is okay. too high. And because they are, they, they're
0: not, they are, they're not willing.
1: They are willing to support oil and gas production and they're willing to trade off on climate.
0: Oh, so I that, okay. I understand. Thank you. Yes, yeah,
1: so, Sorry. So yeah, maybe I'll just clarify that because um, we, we felt that when we did our research in the spring, we could see that women's top three priorities were first, an affordable, prosperous economy. That was number one. Number two was energy security. So, you know, energy security does tie to affordability, but it's also like, you know, when you go turn your lights on, they're going to go on. You know that your heat is going to be there. And then the third thing was climate. So to be clear, engaged women care care very much about the climate. And they, they expect and want emissions reductions. However, and by the way, those are the top three priorities across the country in that order and what women have said in our survey was that um 78 of them are willing to support the production of oil and gas because they recognize the connection to our prosperity and our revenues as a country
0: and they want one and two
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and they want to prioritize their standard of living and so women are willing to make trade-offs and that was our hypothesis going into the research, mm-hmm. but we didn't anticipate that it was going to play out so consistently with common ground amongst women in all the provinces. So that 78%, Tyler, is the average. But just, you know, I get asked all the time, well, this, this must be an Alberta thing
0: well I'm, I'm, that's the easy that's the first that's the first step to trying to dismiss it as value right right there yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you, if you're not wanting to buy into the data yeah
1: yeah and um what i would share hmm. was that the number for alberta of women willing to support production of oil and gas for an affordable standard of living was 87% but in ontario it's 83% that's pretty
0: that's pretty yeah which shakes some of the stereotype, some of what media sometimes portrays, you know, it's so easy to oversimplify that message versus that's for all intensive purposes. That's basically the same.
1: <laughs> well, it is. And, and what I think is really hmm. a surprise, Tyler is that there is common ground and there is unity in terms of opinion and perspective across the country. So it's not like, you know, we don't see massive anomalies other than Quebec.
0: Oh, Interesting. What was the, what was the number in Quebec?
1: Well, Quebec, um, I apologize. I don't have a number off the top of my head, but it might be. I I,
0: I I grew up there. So I always have a warm spot for Quebec and it's, um, contrarian views to most things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I would say though, that it's not extraordinary. Like it might be 10 points and please don't quote me on that. Um, but, uh, it's not an extraordinary outlier, but it's definitely different. And I okay. think that's All just right, a that's different pers- uh, just a different perspective too on pipelines and energy and LNG and electricity and this is a different a bit of a different environment in Quebec, but we have a lot of consistency
0: I've been involved in very heated conversations in, in uh, I'm from Quebec, and I spend time there and after a few glasses of wine, someone usually makes a comment about energy related and whether it's oil and gas, and obviously you're living in a province that has rich hydro uh, access to hydroelectric power and <laughs> the the perspective and i grew up there i knew nothing about the energy sector until i moved to alberta it's the price of gas at the pump. That's all anyone ever talked about. There was no actual connection or education for me, but I remember in grade five, going on a school trip to the hydroelectric plant and going for a tour and learning all about it because that was was our backyard. We didn't learn anything at all, or I don't remember or have any connection to the energy sector from an oil and gas perspective until I moved to Alberta. It just wasn't something I was educated on, and the people I knew, family, friends, weren't educated on it either, so there was a huge void until I moved to Alberta that I'm like, oh, oh wow, this is a real thing. It just was never on the radar, right?
1: You know what, Tyler? It's so true, right? Like I'm from Toronto. I've gone back and forth working there through all of my career. And um, I didn't know anything about the energy sector either. And, you know, what I also thought was interesting in the survey was that when you provide like a, a bit of an explanation of something, people feel even more informed and it, it, can, it will basically influence their opinion. We aren't telling women what to think. That's not what we're about. We're about informing and facilitating bold conversations. And, you know, when we provide a sentence, for example, about liquid natural gas, the, the support for liquid natural gas as a lower emitting fossil fuels goes up an average of 31 points, just with a definition of liquid natural gas
0: of actually what it is.
1: <laughs> right. Or for example giving, giving
0: people more information, not just something to be angry about.
1: Well, and the comparing and the, yeah. to rhetoric
0: and media and like there's a storyline that gets pushed with that yes. has a narrative and it has a and has a, I would say, an intended outcome that isn't always the most informative, to be honest. And we well, jump to yes. conclusions very easily. i mean, the the royal we in our society. We makes we we read a soundbite and we make a formulate opinion unfortunately, there's so many things we have to be informed about. It's often hard to get enough so information hard. about a topic to actually feel like, because the more you know, the more you realize you don't know, unfortunately, in, in in most things, I would say.
1: Well, you know, what's funny about that is we tend, and I'll say this about Alberta and is so that we tend to go way too deep. Like, You don't need to have an engineering background and understanding to just know what liquid natural gas is. And, you know, another example I can give you is carbon capture storage. And, you know, of course, coming out of COP28, there's huge discussion about, about CCS. And if anyone's not familiar with it, I'm going to super simplify this by saying it's just taking the emissions, the carbon and putting it in the ground while you're in production. So, Tyler, I don't know. That's like a super,
0: it's funny, Tracy, I just booked a guest in February to come on to talk specifically about this and the regulatory frameworks, what's happening globally, because it's an area I don't know beyond, the, like, that's how I would describe it as well. We've got these big, these empty spaces below. Yes. Let's put it back Let's in. put it back. Okay. Wow. Wait, everyone's rolling. <laughs> there any engineers that are happen to be listening going to roll their eyes at us right now, yes. but it's funny. I just, I just booked, I just booked a guest to come on in February to have this conversation with my audience because I think it's a thing that we hear a lot about, but to go beyond that or even really grasp the role it may or may not play in our future. Ultimately, there's the story that based on our energy needs, that's the only way we're kind of going to meet our carbon objectives is by doing something like that. But I'm going to stop because I'm already, I'm, I've already said too much.
1: <laughs> well, you know what's funny is we have a lot of um, women who are engineers on our board and in our membership. And um, they they might be wanting to kill me right now because of my butchered explanation. But the point I was wanting to really make is that if you can just describe enough for somebody to at least decide if they want to pursue it more and understand it more, but you know... It is an expectation of engaged women and tuned in women, that the industry has to take responsibility for emissions in in the sense of their operations. And 76% of the women surveyed in November, or excuse me, in our results in November said that they will support um, carbon capture storage technology as a, as a mechanism to partially eliminate emissions. And I think it's like anything, we have to try new things and, We will get refined and tech and innovation will do that, which I think is also great for our province and our country, because we can be leaders in this space. We are leaders
0: in this space. So I was going to say we are leaders in this space. I I agree with you. So from your perspective, from an organizational perspective of Canada Powered by Women, uh, been around since 2019. Was this kind of a turning point for you in terms of like, wow, there is some buy-in here. There is an openness. There's a curiosity. There's a market to your point earlier for this type of message across Canada. And what I really heard is there is an opportunity for education, but in a very approachable way is what I heard you say.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing for us is that we want to be optimistic and uh, reasoned. Positive, hmm. curious, which I know is one of your favorite words of all time, um, <laughs> and so our approach is, it is. It, well, our approach do to be balanced and be in the middle, and that women—that's what the women want as well. Like they are not interested in all-or-nothing scenarios, either-or scenarios. They want all of it, and so I think what's happened with Canada powered by women is when we started to get together in 2019. There was all this narrative and all of this dialogue that was happening, but really this is the right time for an organization like ours because somebody needs to be standing up and representing these opinions and doing it in a reasoned way that doesn't turn people off and that actually makes people feel like their opinion matters, they can participate safely, and we can present we can present what the women tell us. And, you know, I don't know, but it's pretty bold for women to say that they're willing to trade off on climate. Like that would be a scary opinion in just a general sense, just because then not suddenly it's like, well, you don't care about the climate. It's like, well, I care about it very much, but I also care about my life, my family, jobs. And it should be okay to have those considerations and have a balanced conversation about it that doesn't get too emotional.
0: So I think it was during COVID, I heard a study, I think I was listening to CBC and they had interviewed um, households across Ontario. And that was the message that I heard then. It was the first time I heard this, like actually the climate mandate of the climate narrative has come down in priority because it's being replaced with affordability and just, you know, energy security to your point, they were really talking about affordability at that time as things, you know, all of a sudden inflation was just starting to ramp up and it was kind of that early days and how quickly it had dropped from like, yeah, it's my number three most important thing to like, no, no, it's like number 10. Like I have so many other things I'm worrying, I'm worrying about in place of that. So if we run out the scenario a little bit to it's three years from now, Canada powered by women is successful in, 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 in in its pursuits how does the world look different? How does, how does our world being Canada look different?
1: Well, I feel right now that there is a need for some pragmatic voices to be considered around energy policy. And part of our mandate is to represent this voice of many represent these opinions so it can influence sound energy policy. And that doesn't mean that I have a stated Uh, policy outcome that i'm identifying for any government and who knows who will be our government in in uh three years from now and also it doesn't really matter who's in government because energy and prosperity and all those climate is relevant no matter what right yeah like it really it doesn't matter but what i would like to see is that when there's critical it's, it's funny
0: somehow to think that politics is actually has like actually matters at all in reference to those top 3 things that she talked about when it's like okay you go and you you go on whatever platform you want to go on i need access to i need to turn the lights on i need an economy like i need affordability we make it political and turn it into this political football but it's the last thing it actually should be so i just was like it's so it's ridiculous so actually it's so ridiculous it should have I, nothing to do with it but it becomes that so it gets it gets co-opted in very quickly in a dangerous way I say. You know, I Sorry, I'm I got a so, little bit I got, my so, I got a bit soapboxy there.
1: <laughs> I love that you said that because it is these are universal things. And we also could be as a country, we could be helping other nations with energy transformation and you know, our liquid natural gas could be displacing coal in other places and uh I just think why are we not just looking at the bigger picture and the universal good of what we could be doing as well as what, what we're doing at home. But now I'm also going off on another space.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's a good, but it's a good conversation. I love what you said. And I've had some individuals in the show. it's like, how, like centrist of us or how egocentric of us or how elitist of us to think about turning off energy when so much of the world is still in the dark. Like we're really coming from, what a place of privilege to even have a conversation like this. When you take it up and make it a lot more global when I talk about just energy abundance and access to, Yes. Wow, the fact that we even get to talk like this it would be unheard of in some countries and we wouldn't have to look far to find that right Mm -hmm.
1: you know if we look at some of the language that came out came out of cop you know there's this whole piece around just an equitable access to energy and we're sitting on energy abundance um jeopardizing our own uh standard of living and also we you know we're not sharing like we're not sharing and we could be sharing and we could be making a difference but if I go back wow. to Canada Powered by Women in a couple of years, you know, I would love for a policymaker to be saying, what does Canada Powered by Women think? What are the engaged women saying? We'd like to hear what those voices have to say um, mm-hmm. to quote us to be, you know, representing these voices, no matter what your your politics are or what industry you're in or where you live, that there's a movement of women who... Will speak up and be part of very critical decisions that are affecting our daily
0: lives. Well, at eleven million, that's that's got some weight behind it. From you know, what what do we care about as politicians? We care about our constituencies, and with eleven million engaged and tuned in women in that group that have a voice that have now been unified and and hopefully feel more, feel more informed. It's not about about having them be informed; it's about having them feel that they are more informed. That's a pretty powerful movement. I really, I really, I really appreciate that. Hmm. How excited are you in this little just a personal window? Because I know and I've known you for a while, and I know you've been involved in this organization, and um, maybe slightly reluctant to take on the leadership role. But I'm hearing you really find your own on this. Thanks, <laughs> this is the per- this is this is this is the behind the curtains <laughs> view of Tracy, the CEO of Powered by Women. <laughs> you know, it's
1: funny because uh, uh, I mentioned that you know you sort of kind of fell into that, and sometimes things just evolve, and you just go with it. And mm-hmm. I actually, in full disclosure, I met with you when this opportunity was presented to me <laughs> to talk about it, um, because it was a change for me and thank you for your encouragement to take it on. Oh, um, um, yeah. Welcome. And I, i th- those around you it. knew
0: it wasn't a bad idea or knew it. Mm-hmm. I, I bet there's a whole group of women at power by at power by women that, that didn't think it was by accident at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know, but I, you know, I, I do think that as women, we tend to, uh, you know. Second guess, overanalyze, evaluate. Is is this for me? Am I the right person? All that kind of stuff. And I do feel like very passionate about this. So there's total alignment with my values. And I'm enjoying the work and the women and the conversations. Uh, Great conversations with people, not just in the energy industry, but other industries and across the country. So I think it's going to be exciting and fun, uh, a bit stressy at times. Because these are hot topics. Oh, that's
0: that's because you because you're doing something that's real. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, it's got to have a little fire on it. I'm curious, just even what you said there, and I, I love uh, a, little, a little hint of imposter syndrome. I think is a yeah. topic I love to I love to run into. Uh, it's my joke: eighty three percent of people admit to it; the other seventeen percent lie about it. Um, when you're talking to women in more senior leadership roles or leading organizations or in roles where there's a risk to them on what they say, especially in central Canada and referring mm-hmm. to Ontario, maybe more specifically, is there a reluctance there? Cause you know, you're a, in a senior leadership role in Alberta as a, as a woman, you might be in an energy company, you might be in an oil and gas company. Sure. So there's an expectation that you're pro and that you're, you're, you're being well-rounded in your approach, but that you're, that you're on board with the energy sector. Do you see that also as an opportunity for some of the women that may be wanting to be involved but are scared to put that voice out that also may be leading organizations because that's oftentimes everyone has influence but the higher you up in that corporate ladder you can sometimes have bigger influence right
1: yeah you know part of our secret sauce is the idea that we seek common ground and we try to be nonpartisan and we try to stick in the middle Mm -hmm. and we talk about the voices of many not just our voices as individuals so that's part of why research is a very substantial part of our of our approach and our strategy, but I can tell you that I've spoken with women in Toronto who are like, I really support this. And there's no way that I can get involved because my clients will be questioning me and what am I doing and what am I thinking? And, um, but also keep me informed like I want to be aware of this and I want to see where this is going. So which is uh, great.
0: If that, if that's, if that's the bandwidth they have, that's amazing. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we do have like, we just, um, Mm -hmm. we just uh, had Jody Caston, who's the general manager of Indeed Canada join our board and Jody's uh, based out of Toronto and she's going to, she does already bring that Toronto and on to Southwestern Ontario Mm -hmm. perspective. And what we are doing, part of our approach is, We're going into the different markets and having small private roundtables with women in leadership who are interested in learning more, but also to get their feedback because we don't want to just show up in a market like Toronto, for example, or could be Ottawa or Vancouver and be like, Hey, we're here. And let us tell you everything that we're going to do and how we're going to do it. It's like, that's not our approach. We're having smaller discussions to say, here's what we're about. Here's what we're doing. How do you think this will go over in your marketplace? And we're getting that feedback. And then we'll do our bigger uh, initiatives Mm -hmm. in those marketplace with women who will champion us on the ground.
0: Well, you're creating psychological safety for starters in an area that doesn't feel safe all the time of like the trolls and people love to attack and love to take three words you said and just attack them for without actually listening to anything else you might have, you might've shared. Um, the journey, if I lay it out in my own mind, you you build this grassroots support, you you get some you know feet on the beach, and as you say, and establish that 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 beachhead. And then start sharing the market, sharing the message on a bit of a broader. But now that message is, and I know you well enough to know that message is now going to be directly informed by the research and by the individuals in that area. So you're not just going in yelling with your megaphone. <laughs> you're exactly. co-opting some of some of the voice and some of the attitudes and some of the energy from your those individuals who maybe don't want to be on the billboard, but they're certainly going to be informing you significantly now as you become this voice across Canada. If, if so, I'm just playing out the strategy in yes, my mind. <laughs>
1: that's exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. right. And I would say that it's important to us. And and I will share, you know, I I am getting a little bit of challenges coming um, about, are you really representing that many women? Your survey is only this size, you know, you're just talking to women in Alberta and all that. And we're being so thoughtful about statistically valid research using proper methods. Uh, It's really kind of scientific, that whole discipline of research because we're not going to extrapolate and, um, make leaps in terms of what women have well, told that's us. That's where you
0: get into, that's where you lose credibility, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're very, very thoughtful about that so that when we do say, Hey, this is what engaged women have told us. It's truly what they've told us.
0: Well, it's interesting. I had a friend of mine who was, um, COO at a large, uh, energy association say to me years ago, it's Tyler. I gotta tell you, it's pretty frustrating when your competing voices aren't held back by things like the truth, research, and science. <laughs> he goes, and you're held to it to, the, like, to, the, to the, the 17th decimal point in terms of something you may or may not say. And I feel that that's a little bit of the challenge that's happened around this, this narrative over the years. So I really appreciate that you need to be completely invaluable to have this land because people are going to take shots at it. But if you know that it's accurate, you can always put that armor up and, and keep moving forward, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally couldn't do this job if I didn't know that we were being very grounded and solid in that. And the other thing I would say is that, yes, there's extreme voices. And what I do find, though, is that sometimes like people's opinions can change. People can be open <laughs> and be open-minded. And and it happens. I, I've watched it recently with a um, a Facebook post. And I've just been watching the dialogue of all these women. And there's times where it, it, it's kind of stressy because you see like the opposite perspective, like in technicolor. But part of what we need to do is not back away from and be afraid of those bold conversations because safe and bold conversations is what we do. And so as a marketer in other places, you might be like, take that down. I can't, I can't watch this. It's not good for the brand. We need to, and for no, us, it's you, kind you, of the opposite. You have to lean in. You have to
0: lean we in. We have
1: to lean in. And it's very, it's a, it's a bit uncomfortable, but I've watched polar opposites come together. And then I've watched polar opposites just completely stay in that, thing, in that <laughs> zone. So, yes. but at least the conversation's happening, the informing's happening. And I feel like we need to do that.
0: Well, a couple of things years ago, if you go far enough left or far enough right, eventually they, they get so extreme that they just loop back around on themselves and touch it. <laughs> so I've heard that before, which I think is, <laughs> is interesting, but you and I've chatted this before, even with some of the work with Can action of like, who are you actually looking to? Where's the biggest opportunity for influence? It's Those people that sit in the middle going, well, I kind of think this, but I'm open the extremes mm-hmm. and the polarized left or, or either side. Let's just stop with yeah. or right, just either yeah. side of any argument. They tend to be entrenched, but the reality, when you look at statistics, most of us live in the middle that I'm like, well, I didn't know that some, you know, I reserve the right to have a new idea tomorrow that I didn't have today because I learned, I learned something new, but the extremes tend to be the ones that yell the loudest,
1: <laughs> Sure, they which take makes up it a feel like space. that's all
0: there is. That's actually not that they take up all the space. Yeah. yeah and so
1: Sometimes way. you need that, like depending on the topic or the thing. But what I would say is that most of us, most people are pretty reasoned and fairly open And I feel like that may sound really, really boring, but in this world of completely polarized conversations on so many topics, not just energy, it's kind of refreshing. It's like, oh, okay, I can actually have a full conversation here, right? And I think people are desperate for that
0: i i think i'm personally really get tired of the the extremes the polarization of if i'm for this then i'm against that if i'm for environment I'm against energy if i'm for energy i'm against environment no it reminds me of the story i think i've made this joke my business partner has young children and years ago he said to his daughter do you want to brush your teeth or or put on your pajamas to get ready for bed she goes dad I need more options. <laughs> and it struck me as so funny cuz that's how I listen to the news. I'm like, no, neither of these positions actually are they don't speak to me at all. I need more options here. So I appreciate that you're taking a balanced approach, but also you're driving it by research and what shows up is what is what shows up, but it sounds like your your thesis or your 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 proposed outcome is showing up that people are wanting to be more balanced. They do want their cake and eat it too. And they do expect us to make better choices, but we also expect the lights to lurk when we turn them on.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And if you, you know, if you think about it, um, I always say that we're kind of like a three-legged stool with energy, um, prosperity, energy, security, and climate. And if you're, if you only put everything into one stool, so if we take care of the environment and we're all freezing or we go crazy on the economy and we are destroying our environment, that stool is unstable there isn't a, st- a stable uh, spot to sit, you'll just fall off. And I just feel that we have such a great time right now for conversations that are balanced and that people want that. So I'm happy that we're we're doing what we're doing. And of course, we're absolutely hoping that people will join our, our community and there's no cost to do that. And we have a newsletter that goes out, we have events nice. and we amplify the opinions that come in. So
0: very good. So, uh Canada Powered by Women.ca. I have it up mm-hmm. in front of me. Your site's very well laid out, it's very informative, and I see a big big uh button up in the right corner. This says Join Our Community. I assume I can just click on that, throw in my email, and I will be on be cons- and you are on all the platforms as well, Instagram, LinkedIn. Yes. I see I see, you guys, I see you guys online. Uh Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and X. Do we call it, Is that we do we call it X now? I feel so old I, calling know, it's, it Twitter. It's so I still so I want to call it Twitter because I see the Twitter icon. You know, it's
1: so weird, but I will say by the way, Tyler, I'm so glad you're you're joining because men are welcome we go do presentations yeah we do we present do presentations uh engagement presentations in corporations and by the way if anybody ever wants us to come in and share some research um please look me up on linkedin but we present to men too and i don't think that men i'm hypothesizing i think men have very similar opinions uh they might be more vocal but i think we have so much more common ground than we than we realize
0: I appreciate that you picked a group and you picked a focus. I, it just speaks to me, I think on a very balanced, again, but that's me. I don't have a, I put my gender glasses off. Like this is what you think. This is what I think. The gender almost becomes irrelevant. I think this conversation and the way you're presenting it here. Uh, but I also, as a marketer, I appreciate that you picked a group to speak to and you're focusing on them. So kudos for that. But this doesn't feel like a female only message to me at all. (laughs) Like not even in the least, but that's my, I didn't even, I don't even put that. I try not to put that filter on (laughs) anytime I can avoid it.
1: Yeah. My husband Uh, and I talk about this all the time. So
0: yeah, it's, I think it's, it's a, well, affordable profit, energy security, climate that's, those are gender neutral, uh, Items that we talked about that affect us all. We're, we're all on the big spinning ball together, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Tracy, thanks for coming on. Congratulations on the role. I always knew it was a good idea. Just saying, just for the record, <laughs> um, I am really was excited when you shared some of this research with me, because you're right, it does drive it home. And it's easy to think of like, oh, that's, a, you know, the central Canada is going to be different than Western Canada. And it was, but by minimal points. And mm-hmm. that's the whole, you know, value of, I know you're always very research minded, that you're not just going to go off half cocked. You're going to get the research to back it up. And uh, I appreciate not only does, do I know that to be true for you, uh, clearly showing. Going up with your organization.
1: Thank you so much, Tyler. I really appreciate it. This forum, um, love collisions, and just thank you.
0: It was my pleasure and best of luck. Happy to help. I look forward to chatting when you do your next survey.
1: <laughs> Sounds good.